from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Speaking here with Zach Mahoney, Syracuse quarterback alum of the Orange and their history. <clears throat> For you, looking at Dino Babers and just what your takeaways have been from him, what are your thoughts on Dino? What are your thoughts on you know what he's done up to this point and you know how he's led this team? Just what your takeaways have been? I think it was incredible what the team did last year. You know, not being being away for the first time and watching them get that ten win season in, uh, and then capping it off with a bowl game win. You know, that was one of the that was one of the most fun times of my life. Being able to watch them and not not just from an offensive perspective. You know, being able to know what plays are going on and see that and see my friends play and ball out, but also just seeing the way the defense has come along. You know, I saw a stat yesterday that said the defense has gradually gotten better under Coach Ward, and I think it's going to get even better this year with all the weapons that are on the defensive side. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited to see what happens this year. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, new Syracuse look on the offensive side, and it's going to be going to be a fun season. Zach, to to look at, like you said, you you know, I know we talked off the air, you were looking at the schedule and, you know, kind of <clears throat> what Syracuse has coming up and everything this year. What are you seeing from the schedule that's on the board? I mean, this team is, is coming off of a 10-win season. What are you seeing from, you know, what's on that schedule and, and kind of what they have ahead of them up to this point? You know, I... I... I know a lot of people don't like it, but especially when you have a new coach, scheduling games like Holy Cross and Liberty are so big to give confidence to some of your young guys. And with a lot of seniors graduating last year, it's it's going to be very important to start out early against Liberty. And I think Maryland's going to be a very interesting look. You know, they have a new coach who is who came over from Alabama. Uh, there's there's a lot of expectations from Maryland this year, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen in year one. So it's going to be an interesting test week two, and then obviously week three is the is the big game. I think the winner of this will end up being the winner of the ACC, and I think that a lot of people would agree with that, especially after watching the Miami game. Um, but then, you know, you're looking at teams like Florida State who have struggled in the past, and Pitt, who always plays Syracuse close, and NC State and Duke are both both replacing NFL quarterbacks. So there's a lot there's a lot of new looking teams here uh, that Syracuse is going to see for the first time, and I think it's going to be an extremely interesting battle. But I think Syracuse has the weapons on both sides of the ball to make some some more special moments happen. Speaking here with Zach Mahoney, Syracuse quarterback alum here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And as we look forward here on Facebook Live, on facebook.com backslash live now DT and on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT where you're tuning in. Zach, uh, some of the pieces here, we uh, we dropped out a little bit as far as uh, signal in the studio here. So I want to make sure 
that we get some of the things out there. You know, we were just talking about Dino, but kind of to rehash that a little bit, just what you can say about him. I mean, he came in and Schaefer's last season was four and eight. Dino had four and eight and then four and eight and then 10 and three. Just what you could say about, you know, people having to kind of just wait the process and understand that it takes time and, and, you know, that just kind of your overall thoughts from Dino. I know we talked about it a little bit here today, but I want to make sure everybody hears it. Just what you could say about, you know, Dino Babers and, and what it means to give a coach some time, knowing that obviously he's made well with that time. Yeah, I, I, I truly think the biggest thing that Coach Babers needed was time. Uh, his scheme, both offensively and defensively, are very different than what, Coach Schaefer and Coach Lester ran on the offensive de- defensive side with them. You know, Coach Lester is very let's control the tempo, control the tempo. Hopefully, we can control the game, but we just have to be efficient. And with Coach Babers, it's let's run 150 plays and let's score as many times as possible, and let's see if another team can keep up. And now that it's going into year four with Coach Babers, this is going to be his first time where. The freshmen that he recruited are now seniors, and for it to finally come through a full cycle, and you're able to see the guys that he wants to bring in, and you see the results from last year having a 10-win season. If you're not a Syracuse fan right now, you should be, because it's going to be very, very exciting. Yeah, you know, and, and you look at the fact that, you know, he said something when, and I'll never forget this, when he came to the Dome during one of the uh, Syracuse Orange men's basketball games, and he said, I need you all to have faith. I need you all to have faith. I need you to have faith, belief without evidence, faith, belief without evidence. And he kept saying that. I need you to have faith in me, faith in this team, belief without evidence. And, you know, we, we sit here today knowing that he asked for that faith when the team was 4-8 and eight and 4-8, and eight, and now that belief without evidence now has some evidence. Just what you can say playing off of that, that he asked for faith, and he asked you to believe without having seen, and then we got what we got last year. Uh, something that he's told me a lot is that once he sees it, once he expects it every time, so there's now, uh, there's now a foundation and there's now a standard in the Syracuse program that hasn't been there in the recent years, so... It's gonna, it's, this is going to be a very, very interesting year because he has his guy at quarterback and Tommy, and he's got, again, like we said, his guys that he recruited for the first time are now juniors and seniors, so they're going to be the leaders of this team. So this is truly going to be the first year that it's a Dino Babers team um, that's led by them and everything. So it's, it's going to be interesting because a lot of new guys are going to be having to step up, but they're Dino's guys, so... We'll see what happens. And Zach, just, you know, what you could say about about that. You know, when a coach comes in and they don't have, you know, their guys, they come into a program, they don't necessarily have, you know, what what they were expecting or maybe who their leader would be. You went through turnover. You went through change. I mean, everybody did over the last few seasons, especially, you know, offensively, there was a lot of change. Just navigating through that and understanding that, you know, once you catch one coach's eye, you got to catch that new coach's eye and you got to do it pretty quick because sometimes everybody starts off with a clean slate when a new coach is the offensive coordinator or there's a new head coach or there's a new quarterbacks coach. It could change everything and it could change everything that you built. Just what you can say about that. Yeah, when when a new coach comes in, everything you've learned from schemes and 
verbiage and everything is just thrown out the window. And I think that's the toughest thing is, you know, a coach can like you if you came from another coach, but if you can't adapt to stuff that he wants, especially how particular Coach Babers and his staff wants it, it's going to be really tough. And for them, you know, you, you could be a great guy, but if you're not the best football player, um, you're probably not going to see the field because he's not going to put guys out on the field that are just nice guys. He wants tough guys. He wants physical guys that know how to play and can play it at a high level. Um, you know, they don't want to just be good college players. They want to be great NFL players someday. And I think, you know, just – Again, looking at the defensive side of the ball, this is the first time in a long time that you kind of look at the starting 11 and you can see uh, six, seven guys that have potential to be drafted in the next two to three years. And that's, again, that's really exciting to see as a fan, as an alum of the team, and just the way that uh, the direction the team is going. And as this team moves forward and, and as we see what they can do this season, you looked at the schedule, Zach, and speaking here with Syracuse alum quarterback Zach Mahoney here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and our official week to kickoff, getting you set for the season. And, you know, to look at the schedule and look at what we have here right now, to get your thoughts on this, I mean, Syracuse starts off at Liberty then they go to Maryland, then they have Clemson, Western Michigan, and Holy Cross at home in a row, and then from there, this Syracuse team will come, will go back on the road, I should say, and they will face off at NC State, then come home to Pittsburgh, at Florida State, home against Boston College, at Duke, at Louisville, and then home against Wake Forest. What are your thoughts overall on this season? What could we be seeing? What type of record do you think we could be seeing from this team? Uh, like, we talked about off there. I think the biggest thing is how Tommy DeVito plays. You know, if Tommy comes out and he plays the way he did against Notre Dame, this team could end up going 6-6. Six and six. But if Tommy comes out with a whole new mindset and plays the way he did against, uh, you know, North Carolina last year and they're just chucking the ball, the, the defense is playing well. This team, I saw a prediction yesterday that they were going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. And being in a in the ACC and with the hype that's around this team, if they play the way they can, I definitely see that being a possibility. You know, the two, the Liberty and Holy Cross game should be uh, easy wins for us. Um, like we mentioned earlier, Maryland's got a new head coach, so year one under a new head coach is usually a struggle, so that should also be a win. Clemson, Syracuse, um, I'm going to be at that game, so I'm going to be very excited to watch that. I'm excited to be in Syracuse when that happens. Yeah. Because last time I was in Syracuse when we played Clemson, you know, some magic happened. Yeah. And I'm ho- I'm hoping there's going to be a uh, there's going to be some more magic that happens that day. But I think that game's going to define the cha- the champion of the ACC. Um, you look at Western Michigan; that that was a shootout last year, and I think Western Michigan has gotten better. So I think that's going to be a tough game. You've mentioned that Pittsburgh always plays Syracuse close. Boston College is our biggest rival, and they they always play them close. Uh, you know, between Florida State, Clemson, and Boston College, that's three of the top five running backs in college football. And if Syracuse is going to be able to contend in, for ACC titles and everything, they need to be able to stop the run and 
you know, they have all the pieces on defense right now. So if everyone stays healthy and they can stop stop the run and force people to throw the ball with the athleticism and talent and leadership that's in the secondary, I mean, you could see Syracuse winning double-digit games in just the regular season. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is, you know, Syracuse is going to have some tests that are coming their way and, and some big things that, you know, are going on. But ultimately, you know, you look at that schedule and you say, okay, they should, you know, if things go right in the offensive line and, and with all the changes it's had, if if those guys can catch on quick, if, you know, this rushing attack that I think is the deepest it's been in a long time can get that ball and get those traditional handoffs and run with it, you know, that would be huge. You know, our speedy receivers and relatively young receivers on that team, as well as, you know, what Elmore has done as a tight end, but really as a fullback, you know, to, to look at all of that and then say, okay, Tommy DeVito, he plays without a lot of fear. He drops back and, and beams those passes as soon as he gets out on the field. He's got the long ball in his favor. You know, he is more of a pocket presence, I would say. I think Syracuse is going to have some wrinkles, though, where he runs because, you know, the expectation is that he won't run at all. And if that's the stigma, I'm sure they, they might try to, you know, Dino might try to get you a little bit on a few of those things. And, and then you said on the defensive side, I mean, this, this defense on the defensive line finally has some veteran status. It's been a while, but with guys like Elton Robinson and Kendall Coleman anchoring this thing, and then people rotating that have had experience inside of all that, like a McKinley Williams or, or like, you know, uh, some of the other guys like Josh Black and whatnot, and then you look at the secondary and everything that they did at true freshman, Trill Williams, what he did last season as a freshman, what Andre Sisco did as a freshman, and Afatu Malafonwu is out there as well. There's depth at those positions. Chris Frederick's been all over as a safety in a corner. So really the question mark on defense becomes the linebacker core because they've lost so much experience over the last couple seasons. And then, you know, when we look at, you know, kickers and punters and 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 that and the returners for kickoff returns and punt returns, this special teams unit is extremely successful. So, you know, if everything clicks on all cylinders and this team can, you know, just push themselves a little bit more, we could look at eight, nine, ten wins in the regular season. But Florida State doesn't stay down forever. Pittsburgh always plays Syracuse close. Clemson does not want to have a repeat of what happened two years ago. Western Michigan is coached by Tim Lester, who's coming back to the Dome, so he's going to give everything that he can at it. Boston College is a strong team defensively and running the ball, and A.J. Dillon is back, and we know that he's a phenom. So, you know, and at Louisville has always been difficult, and Duke has good quarterback play and typically good secondary play, and Syracuse will be on the road there. So they're going to get their tests, and NC State, too, is another test. But it's how you respond, and it's how you lock in. And and keeping with the conversation with Zach Mahoney here this morning, Zach, this team has something that teams haven't had in a while at Syracuse, and that is the fact that they're getting national exposure, national respect, and they come into this season ranked in the top 25 in the AP, top 25 in the coaches' poll, and the majority of the ACC media agreed with me to put Syracuse second in the Atlantic Division in the standings in the preseason right behind Clemson. So when they're normally expected to finish 7 out of 7 in the Atlantic or 6 out of 7 in the Atlantic, which is what I have normally seen over the last six years, and they're not ranked in the top 25 in the preseason, there's no expectation of this team. There's no national exposure of this team. There's no really care and concern by the media of this team. Now the team has exposure. Now they have people watching. They have respect. 
how would you say or how would, what would you say to the team about how to respond to the fact that they're going into this season unlike the last few years where they can't really creep up on anybody uh, you gotta you gotta take every game uh, just one game at a time because you know in the past there have been we come off a big win and we haven't really been able to put two together you know last year is a different story having you know nine regular season wins but in the previous years we've always beaten one big team whether it be Virginia Tech or Clemson um, and then it just kind of dwindles down everyone kind of everyone gets a little hyped up and uh, not sure what the case may be but then you can't just put two together. So with this team, with this schedule, I think it's very favorable for them to get tested and then be back home, get tested. Uh, you know, on the road, they only have one series where it's back-to-back away games. And I think that's going to be a huge factor for Syracuse because the two away games are at Duke and at Louisville. You know, at Louisville can be, struggle depending on the weather as we know in the past and at Duke this is going to be the first time that Syracuse plays Duke in um, five years I believe so it's going to be and I think they only played them at home last time so it's going to be a very interesting feel for Syracuse going to places they haven't been and facing teams they haven't faced Um, but it's again everything's kind of laid out for them to have a very very good season it's just gonna again come down to the quarterback play yeah and when we look at that quarterback play you know Zach uh, being a former quarterback on this team and as you can see here on our right side our our schedule of of topics here left you know on the right hand side I have to do it backwards here in the studio which is always fun but you can see we're speaking with Zach Mahoney right now and then in the second hour we'll be talking with Syracuse punter alum Rob Long about this Syracuse season so it's wall-to-wall Syracuse week to kick off coverage today and all throughout this week as well Zach you being a former quarterback on this team what is your advice to Tommy DeVito? What can you say to him? I mean, he had come in at certain times in, you know, to help out, but was never really asked to be the starter starter. This was never officially his team, and now it is. You know, now he has the keys, and even if you're out there starting or even if you get to a couple games under your belt, when you're not the starter, you know, it's a different feel to it. It's a different notion. So what advice would you give him on – you know, the fact that now he's the guy. There is no Dungy in front of him. There is no, you know, wait and see what Dungy does or if he's healthy. This is his team. He has the keys to the future. What are your thoughts that you would uh, like to kind of maybe impart some knowledge and wisdom over to Tommy DeVito? Just come out firing. You know, being behind someone is can be tricky. Um, you know, especially when it was Eric, a lot of things, whether it be on the sideline or actually in the game are very different than when you're you, you're going into a game knowing you're going to be the starter. Um, so for him coming out against Liberty, honestly, he should, him and Dino should both try to break as many records as humanly possible to give Tommy the confidence that he needs. Yes, yeah, against Liberty, but if Tommy comes out and throws four or five touchdowns in that game and then he goes to a Big Ten opponent in Maryland, He's going to be way more confident, and hopefully, he can translate his play from Liberty over to Syracuse, uh, from Liberty to Maryland, because there there may be a jump in competition, but 
being able to be confident and trust your guys and give them opportunities is going to be huge. And then already in week three, uh, he's going to have Clemson. You need to get him as confident as possible and as ready as possible in the first two games. So that's going to be putting up as many points, getting Tommy as many reps as he can, throw in some wrinkles in those games, and really try to make sure that Tommy's going to be ready for a team of Clemson stature. Because as good as Notre Dame was defensively, they're nowhere near as athletic as Clemson is, and Clemson will also have a tremendous amount of talent. They're not just athletes who will just run. They're disciplined and that's why they've won national titles in the past, and that's why they win the ACC. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. Clemson is no slouch, and they are no joke. And, and uh, Nate Trout, I want to thank everybody that's watching, including Nate Trout, who is a, uh, a Syracuse Orange football alum as well, one of the best kickers in the history of Syracuse football. Uh, Zach, too, like you said, I mean, you faced off against Clemson. You know that from year in and year out, this team – you know, as much as the names may change and, okay, they just had, you know, their entire defensive line drafted and this, that, and the other, you know, but this is Dabo Sweeney. You know, this is his team. He is one of the greatest coaches in the game. You know, it's him and Nick Saban right now really is, is the top coaches to look to and to look at, and he might be passing Saban if if he starts winning, you know, a championship every other year or he wins a couple more here in a row or something like that. So what is your take on Clemson? Like you said, you know, they're going to come in firing. They're upset about what happened in the Dome a couple of years ago, but you got to face off against them, and, and you can speak to it better than anybody that the names may change, but the play, the level of competition doesn't change. Uh, absolutely. They're a scary group, but at the same point in time, you know, two years ago we beat them last year, came down to the wire, and that was at Clemson. And now we're back home. I think anytime you play a big team like this at home is a tremendous advantage. And, you know, being hearing that the game is already sold out within probably a matter of hours and everything like that is going to be a huge advantage for Syracuse. And, um, you know, even though that three of their D-linemen were drafted in the first round last year, for them to – try to replace that probably won't happen. I know that they have another young guy that's supposed to be the next one, but Syracuse has played them and beat them with guys that are talented. So for them to translate that stuff over the years is what's going to be crucial. As good as Clemson is, it's going to come down to how Syracuse prepares for it, how the coaches scheme up things, how the players react to it. And again, they can't, if they go into this game 2-0 and and Clemson's 2-0, and there's going to be college game day. There's going to be an enormous amount of hype around this. And it's not just going to be at the game. It's going to be on campus. They have to make sure that, you know, they're going to classes and keeping their head on straight and they're not, uh, you know, getting too big of an ego and all this stuff. Because if they do that, they're going to come and get punched in the mouth real quick. And, you know, Clemson's not a team that you want to hide behind or get behind them because with the way that their offense is and how young their offense was last year, you know, putting up 45 with five freshmen on the field, that's that's something that you got to look at for this year. So as well as um, Clemson is on the defensive side with exchanging players, their offense is going to be a juggernaut. And that's going to be – that should be a shootout that hopefully Syracuse can come on top of. 
Yeah, and it's going to be a huge game. You know, I feel like College Game Day should have already said yes. I don't know what your thoughts are about this, Zach, but, you know, speaking here with Zach Mahoney, a Syracuse Orange quarterback alum, you know, what is your take on that? Because I know maybe they want to see how the first couple weeks go and how Tommy DeVito does and, and this, that, and the other. But I looked at a couple of the, the other games, and I can I can bring them up right now just to, just to check on this. But, you know, we look at week three of the season – for college football, there's not much that college game day, I think, can really honestly go to. And, you know, I'm going to look at it right now. So if we go to week three and we look at the grand scheme of things here, uh, week three on college game day for Saturday, September 14th, there's there's Pittsburgh at Penn State. So there's that game that I thought, you know, may cause, you know, game day to maybe want to go there. The game is going to be on ABC, but that's a, that's a noon game. You know, that that's a very early game. Uh, Stanford is playing UCF. We know that game day has gone to UCF before. And there's Iowa, Iowa State that's going to be on the list here. And I know that there's a there's another game in the SEC, I believe, that, I mean, there's... Against Auburn. Yeah, so you, you, have, you have that side of it, too. I mean, there's really nothing going on as far as the ACC besides Syracuse and and Clemson, but, you know, there's, there's Kentucky and Florida is another one that I looked at. And, uh, you know, you said Kent State, Auburn, but, you know, when we look at Florida and Kentucky and we look at Penn State and Pittsburgh, I, I don't know how, you know, there's, there's any other game that, you know, doesn't, I don't know how there's any game that goes above Clemson at Syracuse. They're both ranked right now. You know, the other ones we're looking at, are not ranked, you know, so one is, one's not, you know, Florida's ranked, Kentucky's not, and Florida just played a very close game with Miami, and then we look at Pittsburgh and Penn State, Pitt's not ranked, but Penn State is. With Clemson at Syracuse, the last time this happened, Syracuse got the victory. The last time this happened, they're a reigning national champion, Clemson Tigers coming to the Dome, and there's no way Syracuse can beat them, is the whole, you know, that that's the theme of it, is they're going to go in there and take care of business, and then Syracuse wins, and they defeat a team that doesn't lose for a very long amount of time, a team that, that isn't used to losing more than once or twice in a two-year span, and there are only two teams that had beaten Clemson in, 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 in a long stretch of time, and one of those teams was Syracuse, So, and the other one was Alabama. So to look at that and all of that background and what happened last time, I think it's a no-brainer. I know that Florida-Kentucky could be something interesting. I know that, you know, the battle for Pennsylvania with Penn State and Pitt is is another thing that maybe you could circle. But I don't know how Clemson at Syracuse, with all of that recent history, doesn't get college game day in Week 3. Yeah, looking at the games, you're talking about two ranked teams in Iowa, Iowa State, but no offense, but that seems like it's not going to be too fun of a game and right. uh, like you mentioned the SEC Florida's already had a, a prime time game and unfortunately it was the most fun game to watch uh, it was very dramatic but it was extremely sloppy on both sides of the ball for both teams and then Stanford UCF you know who knows how both teams are going to play um, that early in the week and then even another game that would sneak in would be number 13 against Hawaii. Hawaii in the first week put up ridiculous numbers on offense and ended up beating Arizona. As as great as those games sound, none of them will have the hype that Syracuse has. None of them will have the history behind it. Um, you're, I know you mentioned Penn State and Pitt. I know that's a rival, but I hate Pittsburgh, so I definitely don't think they should get it. Um, 
if it's not at Syracuse Clemson, I think the the guys who run college game day should be fired for insubordination and they should really take a look at who they have running that because like you said, maybe not even for the first six weeks there should be a, another game with more hype around it than Syracuse Clemson. Because until you until you really get to the Ohio State Michigan game, for me, Syracuse Clemson right now is the most heated. It's been the most back and forth over the past two years. Yeah. And it's gonna be the most hyped place in America, in Syracuse, New York, in the Carrier Dome when they take off and they take the field on September fourteenth. Yeah, I mean I, I think it's it's more than clear that college game day should should be there. I get, I don't know if they're waiting to see if Syracuse is going to have a tough game against Liberty or maybe they're not going to, you know, come out striking well against Maryland. I have no idea, but I think that this should definitely be game day for sure. Clemson at Syracuse week three on September 14th. We're speaking here with Syracuse quarterback alum Zach Mahoney here in the first hour of the show. It is officially week to kickoff here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and we are featuring Syracuse football alumni every single day this week. We've had Rob Carpenter, wide receiver on the team. We've had defensive back Darius Kelly, Eric Kroom of the defensive line. We've had kicker Cole Murphy. Later on today, we will have punter Rob Long. And on tomorrow's show, we will have Rob Conrad, Will Hunter, and Dan Conley all be joining the show. Zach, uh, for you, we did prediction. We did wins. You think that this team could get to double-digit wins if they do what they need to do. Uh, Biggest question mark on this team and biggest positive for you. What's the biggest question you have? What's the biggest positive? I'm going to start. I'll start out with the biggest positive. Excuse me. The biggest positive is by far the D-line. You know, you look at their D-line coming back. You got two guys who are on the All-American watch list, basically, in Kendall Coleman and Allen Robinson. That duo is stupid athletic, stupid talented, stupid good. And they're going to put up a tremendous number of sacks because you're not going to be able to double team them unless you're having seven guys on the line. Because up the middle, you got two beasts in KJ Ruff and Josh Black. And I mean, both those guys are solid football players. That D line is going to cause so much havoc for offenses, whether it's stopping the run or getting to the quarterback. And then the biggest question mark is, is going to be the offensive side. Uh, is how Tom, is how is Tommy DeVito going to respond to being the starter? And I think even more important than that is who's going to be the receiver to step up. You know, in years past, you've always had the receivers in Coach Baber's system, whether it be Steve Ishmael uh, or Phillips, uh, even Jamal Cusses last year. There's always been that one guy that kind of take the reins and take the offense to the next level. And you look, and who who's it going to be, you know, it's never really been a slot guy. Irv has done a lot. Irv got a lot of catches, but he never really took the top off teams. He did have the one touchdown against Clemson on a blown coverage, but you're not going to put Irv on the outside and just throw him go balls. And this year you got 2G Jackson, who is a tremendous talent. You got Taj Harris, who showed a lot of promise last year as a true freshman. So which one of those two guys are – are both guys going to be able to step up and play? Because, um, again, as a true freshman, you had Taj and you have a transfer who came from Michigan State. Both those guys haven't played full seasons in the ACC. 
So it's going to be extremely important that they get their feet under them very quickly, just as much as Tommy. They, they're going to need the confidence, too. Uh, and then you look at the slot with Sean Riley and I, Keem Johnson. Both those guys are absolute missiles. If you leave them with one-on-one coverage and you don't have two safeties high, I can promise you Tommy's going to break a record for the amount of touchdowns that they throw because Coach Davers and Coach Lynch are going to find to make sure that they get the ball to their playmakers in space. If you miss one tackle on them, nobody's catching them. So Sean's up for all the awards when it comes to most versatile, most outstanding uh, player and everything like that. And Ikeem is not far behind him. So it's going to be a very interesting year from the skill position on offense. No, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, this this team and, and what they have, you know, th- there is so much talent throughout this Syracuse team. And there's a lot of positives. I think it's great, like you mentioned, the defensive line that, you know, we can talk about a defensive line where we got guys up for, you know, potential national awards and Kendall Coleman for as hard as he's worked and Elton Robinson for, you know, his history and his adversity to get to Syracuse and do what he's done, you know, is is a lot to be said about that. And then the youth that, you know, on that back line, Trill Williams and Andre Sisko and, and just what they brought, the fire and the excitement and the speed and the versatility and the hands that they brought to that that secondary group and the defense as a whole is a is a huge piece and a huge component as this team steps forward. Uh, Zach, before I let you go, I do want to do two things. I want to do rapid fire and have some fun with that. But before we go there, any word you hear that there's nine thousand more t- season tickets sold that Syracuse has reached a new Syracuse football record with having. You know, another 9,000, you know, they're they're at 9,000 season tickets more that were sold. It was 5,000. Now it's nine plus. A few years back, it was like 8,000 something. So they set a new record. Thoughts on on the season tickets and the fact that so many people by the thousands are buying these season tickets, buying back into the program. What do you what are you what is your words to the fan base, so to speak? It's very exciting to hear that, and I hope that continues. You know, in the past when Syracuse has struggled, there haven't been too many people there. But the Syracuse fans want a top-notch program, and for them to be a top-notch program, that means they need to be top-notch fans. You know, you look around the country at the at the top ten programs on a year-in and year-out basis, and when you look at them on TV, there's not an empty seat. Yeah, the team, even if the team's uh, struggle or not, the team still show up. I mean, you're talking, uh, for instance, Nebraska. I think they've sold out every home game for the past 30 years, and they've gone through ups and downs, and they still have the loyal fans. You know, for if Syracuse can have as loyal fans as a lot of them claim to be, and if they can show up and make some noise, the Carrier Dome could very well be the hardest place in America to play but it's only as hard as the fans make it and if the fans want to see Syracuse succeed and they want to see all the new stuff happen with Syracuse whether it be from recruitment or new facilities uh, obviously there's a new dome coming but it's they just need to continue to show up and obviously I want to try to do my part and get back for at least a game every year and I think it's just like we said, it's just the only word I can say is this is exciting. But I truly hope that no matter what happens, 
that everyone just continues to buy into Syracuse because that we are a prominent name in Syracuse in the football world. And I just hope that everyone uh, can stop being fair weather and just go all in on football. And they don't just have to be basketball fans. No, and, and I agree with you completely. I think that, you know, th- this team was the best when they had the fans where you couldn't hear. And I remember going back to the games with my dad, and I remember sitting behind one of the goalposts, and, and we were up in the 300 section. So you're up high. You're not just, you know, down on the field hearing the noise. And we were up high, and, and I remember sitting right next to my dad, ear to ear, and I couldn't hear him. He couldn't hear me. And I just remember smiling, going, this is crazy. And then, you know, to see, you know, that go to, I could literally be on one side of the dome and Zach, you could be on the other side. I could be like, Hey, you want to get lunch after this? You'd be like, sure. You know I mean? It was, it was so quiet. And now to see that there's more season tickets being sold, which is great, but you know, it's great to have the season tickets. Now I need those people to keep their butts in the seats. I need them to stay there. You don't need to get to Destiny USA. You don't need to worry about, oh my God, there's traffic. This isn't Atlanta. This isn't Orlando. Like I have had the luxury and the opportunity to live in different places. I have been to Philadelphia and gone to professional games and and gone to Houston and the fact that their city separated into three parts and, you know, gone to the Carolinas and, and, and you know, seen different pieces of that. Been all over Florida. Uh, there, there are... There's busyness, and then there's you don't need to leave to get to movie tavern. You don't need to be the first one to you know get to the the restaurant. You know, give it some time. It's Syracuse, New York. It's a Saturday. Get your butt into the dome. Enjoy the game for a few hours. Love up your family. Show your kids what it's like to to have a nice you know family event where you get around your city and then go home. I mean, people complain so much when football's gone, but when it's right in front of your face. You got to take advantage of it and you got to enjoy it. When you have, what, six home games, you got to make the most of the games that you have because before you know it, because Syracuse has such an early three three game home stint, if you don't go to Clemson, Western Michigan, Holy Cross, all of a sudden you feel like the season's over because they play Pittsburgh on October 18th at home, right before my birthday. They play BC on November 2nd, and then you don't see them again for 28 days until November 30th. So, you know. For me, I think that fans should not only get around this team, but you know, show up to as many games as you can. I know that ticket prices are going up, but when they were $99, they were too expensive. So, you know, I mean, I remember going to a Florida Florida State game and it was $81 to touch the top of the stadium for one game. And Syracuse fans have been getting season tickets for $99 for, you know, since the Greg Robinson era that really carried through. So, you know, I, I just think that save your money, go to the games, support this team, and be a part of this. If you want game day and you want to beat Clemson and you want you know this to be one of the toughest places to play, like you said, Zach, if you want to be a prominent college football team, you have to have a prominent college football fan base. And I think that that was a great statement and a great line, and I appreciate you saying it because it's 100% true. Yeah, absolutely. Got to be honest with people these days. Yeah, absolutely. So in my final piece for you, a little bit of rapid fire, get away from football. We'll have some fun with this. Uh, We'll do it quick here to round out the first hour of the show. I'm going to ask you two questions. You're going to ask me two. They got nothing to do with football. I'm going to throw two at you and then we'll have, uh, and then I'll put myself on the hot seat and you can throw two at me. You ready to play? Let's do it. All right. Zach Mahoney, if anybody 
were to describe you using three descriptive words, three words that just stick out, what would be the three words you would want somebody to describe you as? Fun, loyal, uh, fun, loyal, and Now, three's a lot of words these days. <laughs> fun, uh, loyal. Yep. Yeah, I'd say, you know, fun, loyal, and caring. Fun, loyal, and caring. All right, fair enough. My second question to you, so the three words to describe you are fun, loyal, and caring. My second one to you is, <sighs> let me think here, Mr. Mahoney. If you were given the power of being the president of the United States, money wasn't an option, you have the power to do whatever you want, what is the first, first thing, thing that you would do? What is the first order of business if you were president of the United States? You know, I never even think about things like this. That is way out of my my mindset. Um, boy, the first thing I would do... Um, I would make the uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, Zach, you got me on the hot seat for two questions. What do you got for me? All right. Um, who is your favorite sports team outside of Syracuse and why? Is it college football? Okay, so any sport. So uh, we're live here at the Wake Up Call with Dan Satora with Zach Mahoney inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. My favorite team outside of Syracuse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run the table here. So the Toronto Raptors, I've been a fan since their institution in 95. I wanted my own team. So 24 years in the making, I got a championship. I believe that people should still be writing me apology letters. Uh, on, another one is same year. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I wanted my own team. Uh, this will be my 11th year covering them on-site, on-location in some respect. I am at all of their home games, and if they make the playoffs, I go all the way through that. And sometimes we do some away games. I've been out to Buffalo, and, and I've been out to MetLife and whatnot. So uh, Jacksonville, because I wanted my own team. Uh, Fred Taylor was a big part of that. Damon Stoudemire was a big part of Toronto. Arizona Diamondbacks, another thing. I wanted my own team with no bandwagon. So, and I'm a big Randy Johnson fan, got to see them win a World Series, Mighty Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks for hockey, because I grew up a Mighty Duck movie fan, they won in 2007, and I would say uh, World Cup-wise, or soccer internationally, obviously I hope America does well, but my my heritage, I grew up, uh, uh, Zach, thinking that I was 100% Italian, and found out on my dad's side that we're Spanish and Italian, and on my mom's side, we may have Sudanese blood from Africa. So I don't know much about the Sudan. We just kind of found that out. One of my cousins took a took one of those tests. So I, I want to find out more about that. But Italy and Spain, obviously, because of my blood, are, uh, are, are big soccer for me. And they both have won World Cups in the 21st century. So yeah, every one of my teams that I'm a fan of has won a championship except for the Jaguars. So they're uh, they're the next man. I didn't think I would see you know maybe any of them win 
And now that Toronto's won, I'm, I'm feeling good about Jacksonville. So I'm, I'm hopeful as we move forward. Yeah, you never know. All right, what's your then, second uh, one? Yeah, your last, what would your last meal on earth be? Oh, wow. My last meal on earth. It would have to be some of my mom's homemade cooking. My mom is a tremendous cook. Uh, my grandmothers are both up in heaven, so if they were here, I would, I would, I would include them on this. But it would probably have to be my mom's turkey rolled, which is like a mini Thanksgiving. You put the stuffing inside of like deli turkey, and you roll it up and cook it, and mashed potatoes and corn, and so I would have to say, yeah, it is good. I'd have to say that from my mom, uh, tacos from my mom as well. So I'd have to put some, I'd have to put kind of everything on there. My mom's lasagna, tacos, uh, the turkey rolled, and yeah, I would just have to keep throwing on mom's stuff, her homemade cakes, her chocolate chip cookies for sure. So if I'm having a last meal, I'm going to have mom do like a nine course meal for that. Very nice. It sounds delicious. Yeah, no, it's very good. So that being said, that is Zach Mahoney here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. He joined us for the official week to kick off Syracuse's first game Saturday, August 31st at 6 p.m. on the road in Lynchburg, Virginia at Liberty. Zach, I appreciate it as always. I thank you for uh, always making yourself available to speak with me and to come on to the show. I pray nothing but the best for you. Uh, Keep your head up, brother. I know that uh, I believe in God. I know some people do, some people don't, but I know that God has a plan for everybody. And I know that things are going to work out for you. And and I just, uh, I got some ideas to keep you connected with the show as well that we can talk about, but you know, nothing the best, nothing but the best for you. And just obviously hoping that, you know, you get everything you want out there in life and, and truly just keep fighting and keep, you know, going up against the grind and, and knowing that it'll all work out. But I, I know that you're going to land on your feet because you're good people and I know you work your tail off. So I'm hoping the best for you. I appreciate that, Dan. And uh, when I'm in Syracuse, I'd love to love to come out and say hi. So let's, uh, let's go, Cuse, and I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Clemson week, we'll have to do something for that. Sounds good. All right, man, be good. I'll talk with you soon. All right.